1: Well, good afternoon, everybody. Hope everyone's having a great week. It has definitely gotten a lot warmer here in the Northeast after that cold front that came in. So I hope everyone is uh, thawing out from that cold front that came through the U.S. here late la- over the last weekend, or actually last weekend through the weekend. And again, if you are new to uh, Sustainable Success, welcome. We've been here on the Voice America Business Channel since April uh, formerly with the Voice America Influencer Channel that we launched back in May of 2017. It's hard to believe it's been that long. And, in, and you could also find this on Apple and Spotify, as well as our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. There we've had many of our great guests sharing their words of wisdom and insights to help elevate your personal success in your business to the next level. If you would like to hear a new subject matter that has not been covered here on the show before, feel free to reach out to us at chris at Success.net or chris at christophersalem.com. Either way, we'll make sure that we capture your information, take a look at it, and consider it for a future show and a future subject matter expert. Today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Alumni Direct is a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types. An opportunity to either rekindle old relationships from the past or meet new people for the first time. Now, this is a membership program, meaning that it takes all the noise out of social media. No more of those annoying notifications. This is a chance for you to now come in on your time to generate genuine and authentic relationships with the people you choose and the types of content that you like to interact with. Since it's a membership program, it offers a wide array of different opportunities that are applicable to both on a personal level and in business that you cannot find elsewhere. And if you would like more information about Alumni Direct, check them out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. Well, we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about Unlocking a New Paradigm of Success and we're going to actually be hearing a background about this gentleman and all the great things that he is doing to kind of illustrate this point and how we can create a new paradigm for success, either on a personal level or as a business or just as a movement in general. And we are gracious to have uh, here today, David Goldsmith. He is the president and co-founder of Goldsmith Organization, both in New York and Hong Kong, consulting firm solving big challenges for executive clients worldwide in commerce, nonprofits, governments, militaries, education, and a co-founder of Buzz uh, LLC, a firm in which uh, he is a patent holder for uh, technological applications and products related to artificial intelligence, self-loan applications, battery technologies, and consumer projects. Most importantly, what he really has dedicated his time recently is he's the founder of the Project Moon Hut Foundation and project leader of the global social movement Project Moon Hut, the age of infinite. A seven-year effort founded uh, with NASA Silicon Valley to improve life on Earth for all species through the accelerated development of an Earth and space-based ecosystem. He's also the founder of the MIRTH DAO, a smart contract protocol for connecting all the players evolved in the moon plus Earth, Mirth, as he calls it, based economy. He sat on boards of companies ranging from fintech to healthcare. David also hosts two podcasts as well and currently has been running the Age of Infinite series and the Redefining Tomorrow series as a tour that you should check out. And in addition to consulting and advising, David presents at events themed for executives on topics ranging from strategy and leadership to innovation, the future, including AI, robotics, machine learning, synthetic engineering, and automation, and space. And I can keep going on and on, but we got to start and continue the show (laughs) to get into the things that you want to hear from David. And without further ado, we welcome David Goldsmith to the show. David, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you.
1: Well, we are so happy to have you here. So let's like dive in real quick. We always like to start with, you know, the the topic itself. That's why people are here. And then, you know, some of the backstory, some of the things that are going to really bring this to life and, and what people can be doing for themselves in this particular area. So when we talk about, you know, you know, unlocking uh, you know, you know, the new paradigm of success, can you uh can you talk a little bit about that? for us and you know and what that what that really means in terms of you know creating new and better things in our lives and in our communities or in the world in general
2: okay that's an interesting question to start off with in terms of new paradigms i i would probably argue that we have paradigms around us and have been around us for a very long time that we live by and assume are correct all the time so I'll give you an example. Uh, it just happened yesterday where someone made a comment that you can't do it like that and get the success that you're supposed to get. And you've probably heard this, what got you here won't, go, what got, won't get you there. Yeah. But I tend to argue with that all the time because nine times out of 10, the only reason you're standing in the room talking to the person who could tell you, don't do that was because you actually did that. Don't be so forceful. Don't say those words. Don't be so aggressive. Don't try to sell. But you had to go through 12 people to get there. So someone's giving you advice and then you ask them, well, how did you do it? Or have you ever sold it? Have you ever, well, no, no, I don't do that. So someone's giving you advice that doesn't fit. Another simple one is that people are the most important part of an organization. They never have been and never will be. Mm. It's the systems and structure that we have in place that formulates the environment where individuals can be productive. I get pushback all the time on this. We actually did a TED Talk in Luxembourg on this. So it's 18 minutes of time that you can listen to. But the point is paradigm shifting is often right in front of us. And that's when you get that aha moment. The challenge is we're often not aware of that aha moment. We don't hear the aha moment. We don't think through what's going on in that that condition to be able to be aware of it. So I'll give you an example of what I have. In front of me, I have this saying. It says, the smartest person in the room is the person who asks the best questions of themselves and of others. Now, I made that for myself. And because of that, when I'm talking to somebody, when i'm working with people i'm spending a lot of time trying to figure out the right question not the right answer and that's mm-hmm. a paradigm shift so we we have the opportunities all the time we just don't spend enough time thinking about that to be able to take advantage of them wow
1: that's fabulous i love that and like like you said you have to have a question before you have an answer <laughs> A lot of people want to answer, but don't have the questions to support.
2: <laughs> well, that's a that's a simple, I Got this was yesterday. It was on a, a, tele, a signal message. Someone made a comment about strategy and they made this whole, David, can you explain strategy? Can you explain this? Can you explain that? And how does this tie into grand strategy? And I said, first of all, if you ever go into a meeting and a person says, let's start with the strategy. I said, you're already off base. And the face, the reaction was, what do you mean? I said, you never start with strategy. You always start with desired outcomes. What do you want to accomplish? Then you go into strategy and actually figuring that out is very, very difficult because there's organizational strategy, there's individual strategy, there's group strategy. Uh, I mean, uh, desired outcomes. Sorry, there's individual desired outcomes, there's group desired outcomes. It's what age you are, if you're going to leave the company, if you're going to stay with the organization. All of those dynamics create fluidity. So when someone says, "Well, what's the strategy?" No, what do you want to get out of this? Well, I want to get a higher. Ra- I want to get a raise. I want to get a new job. I want to move on. Well, the next person is saying. I need to feed my family. I'm really concerned about the environment. I really would like to be able to, you know, have a better work environment. And finding out what that is first is even more challenging than figuring out strategy, but then strategy becomes easier. So that's a paradigm shift.
1: Yeah, that definitely is. Absolutely. And talk about, you know, if you want to talk a little bit more about, you know, this, your paradigm shift, the thing you had when, you know, when, when when I was doing the, the intro about, and you've done so many different things. i And mean, again, we can be talking all day because you've done so many different things. But with the project, you know, Moon Hut, you know, initiative, like what you started seven years ago, what was, what, how did that paradigm shift play a role in that for you? And because I love how stories can really okay, impact so- people that are listening that could maybe think about it for themselves.
2: So I'm going to try to give this to you with a little bit more dimension than I normally do because of the way you're asking the question. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was speaking at an event at the Global Technology Symposium in San Francisco. And when I was done, an individual was standing next to me and he said, he hands me his card. He says, if you ever want to tour NASA, give me a call. Now, I'm not a person who looks up. I know there's a sky. I know there's a moon. But I don't think about distant galaxies and planets. I like Star Wars, Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica. But I'm yeah. not a person who's fascinated by, well, let's go someplace outside of Earth. I like green grass. I like to be able to walk outside. I like an environment. So uh, I like to live a normal life in that way. So what happened was I said, Sure. And the I was li- living in Hong Kong. I lived there for a decade. And on one of my trips through, I said, "I'm here every month. I had a place in San Francisco. I'm here every month. Why don't we meet next month?" And he said, "That's great." So the next month I show up, and he's on a phone call. And when I walk when I, I he gives me a signal to sit down, there's a bunch of couches and chairs in the center of their facility. So I sit down and a woman sits down next to me, possibly responsible for inventing portions of astrobiology. And we start talking and they didn't know my background was organic chemistry, physics, calculus, sciences. They thought I was just strictly business. And then another person sits down and another one sits down and we speak for three hours. I'm asking all sorts of questions. I didn't realize all the things that have been developed or the beyond earth ecosystem and what that means. And we, I didn't get a tour. So they said, come back another time. Well, I'm in San Francisco every month. I did that for about 6 years and so I show up the next month and he's on the phone, he tells me to sit down. So, I sit down and two other people show up and we ended up having a 3-hour conversation about what, how a person at NASA lost 10 billion dollars in mismanagement and and how progress hasn't been made to the expectations they have. So, I learned a lot about platinum on the moon and resources or beyond earth. I didn't get a tour. Third time, I'm smart enough to know if I go into the building, I'm never going to get a tour. So I say at the gate, he comes out to meet me, and luckily, I par- carry my passport with me wherever I go. The reason being, as I was traveling, interna- I travel internationally all the time, and they, my New York State ID wouldn't have got me in because it wasn't valid enough, I guess, in their terms. So I did go in, got a tour, was not impressed. However, they did turn on the flight simulator for me. The guy sticks his head and said, would you like us to turn this on? Yeah. So I got to play with it. This is what the uh, astronauts had learned to fly with. And I asked anybody ever, how often do they do this? He said, they never turn it on for anybody. So I was very lucky. And we go out to lunch. And I'm hearing all of this talk from about nine hours of being with NASA. And I was frustrated as can be. Why aren't we back on the moon? You talk like this, we're supposed to get there. And at one point, he makes a statement about going to beyond Earth or going to the moon or going to space. And he said, we're working on whether uh, what happens if a woman gets pregnant on the moon. And I looked at him. I signaled in the restaurant. We were in Scratch Restaurant in Silicon Valley. I signaled him to come closer because things didn't make sense. And paradigm shifting is often about realizing something doesn't make sense and acting on it. Often, individuals don't act on it. They let it go as, well, maybe I just don't understand. And I I, I use crude words, but I said if a woman gets uh, pregnant on the moon, send her the f home, because th- we don't know if the cells will divide, we don't know how safe that is, and we yeah. want to get her home so that potentially this baby could be uh, delivered properly. And I looked at him, I said, "You want to know how to get to the moon?" Now I'm not a space person, and he said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Want me to tell you how to get to the moon?" And I laid out a four-phase development of the moon. Eight people, 90 people. It ended up today. It's eight people, 90 people, 576, and 1644 was first was we put a box of the roof and a door on the moon. We're not about settlement. We're not about colonization. We're not about science, research, and technology. We're about creating what we ended up calling a home. The moon becomes a home. And I explained how that would operate. Then with the next step, I said, the next thing we do is we need an industrial park. Because to me, throughout history... We always created ecosystems between new locations we went to. We didn't become self-sustainable often. We set, we found a new base or a fort. We shipped things back and forth. So industrial park. The third was we need to create community, a larger sense of that environment. And the fourth was the more extensive was uh, from extended state to community. There's a fourth, a fourth. And from that point on, the guy looked at me and said, no one's talking this way. And I said, you know what I do for a living? I work with the CEOs of Marisk, Dole, Tektronix, Infosys, Wipro, Illinois, Two Works, traveling about 250,000 miles a year. You know what I do. This is the way I would do it. And he was so fascinated. He invited me to the Great Giant Leap where Buzz Aldrin was, who t- top 50 people in the space ecosystem, were invited Invited me to this event. He invited me to another event where the top 100 people in the United States were, a P- pioneering National Space Summit. And from there, I started to learn. Because I started asking new questions about things that I didn't understand. For example, I didn't realize that we can't spend a day on Earth without using beyond Earth ecosystem, beyond Earth technologies. And you probably didn't know this. Yeah, Our entire life is you wake up, you look at your mobile phone, you look at the weather, that space. Our food is traveled by GPS. Um, If you get on a plane and they de-ice it. That's space technology. CAT scans are space technology. The camera on the back of your phone is space technology. It was invented from. Cloud computing is space technology. Uh, Cordless tools came out of going beyond, beyond Earth. You think of all the satellite imagery that's given us opportunities for farming. I can go on and on and on and on and on. I didn't know this. And by learning new information, I was able to paradigm shift. And that allowed us to keep on moving. And today we've got teams all over the world. All different types of environments and are i'm not a space person so that was not my intentionality i said i have to make this as worth something for me and i said "Well, why don't we show how we can improve life on earth for all species and as I, just on the call i shared with you a moment ago i was on the call with marshall brian who started how things work and we had a fabulous conversation and at the end he said this is mind-bending and that's what it does. It it gives us a new opportunity to re-see who we are and how we build. So without going into too much, that's kind of the storyline behind it. Wow. I don't, that was, I don't know if that was helpful.
1: No, very helpful. Very, very helpful. Just really great insight. Now, I know we got, you know, I want to, and I know you got more. We're going to be talking about some more. Do a, We're going to even do a deeper dive into the when we get back after the break. We got to go to break in about a minute and a half. But anything else that you want to add to what you shared or to sum up, since we have to go to break in about less than a minute and a half, that to what you just shared and and how this thing that you kind of you fell into, and really you know that you, how you had this this paradigm shift. If you could do that in a minute or less, that yeah. would be wonderful.
2: Paradigm shifting often comes down to listening to the the voices in your head that say, "Let's look at something different." It might not work that way, and pursuing it with data, with time, with resources to identify if there were things that you were missing. So it's asking yourself different questions. The challenge is we're not taught to ask ourselves different questions. We're taught mm. to ask the questions that everybody else asks. Yeah,
1: so true. It's almost like, like, you know, when you think of like Six Sigma processing, it's kind of very, you no, know, I'm not saying it's exact, but it's kind of that, those those same lines. Like you, either, either the question is gonna take you, it's gonna be yes, and you go here, or it's no, and then you go here, or... It's-
2: yeah, Six Sigma is an example of something that really hasn't flourished in the way that we thought. Which is the same thing as fail fast. Exactly. A lot of people think fail fast, but you know what? The great companies don't fail fast. Yeah. They spend a lot of time figuring out how they do it right, so they're not failing because we Absolutely. can't afford to
1: fail all the time. Absolutely. Well, I know you got this is just the tip of the iceberg of what you're sharing here. We got more to come here with David Goldsmith. You get again when it comes to you know unlocking you know, new ways uh, for for a paradigm shift for success. And again, uh, we highly encourage those that are have been listening or just joined during somewhere in here in the first segment of the show to listen to the show in its entirety here later today at the Voice America Business Channel, also on Apple or on our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. We'll be right back after the break.
0: The business community's first choice in internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success.
1: Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us here, uh, we are talking about uh, unlocking a new paradigm of success with David Goldsmith. Again, we highly encourage you to listen to this show in its entirety. Some great insights uh, in the first uh, segment of David sharing one of his New paradigms of success that he had for a a really special project that he is working on, Project Moon Hut. Again, you can listen to that in the first segment. And uh, David, going into now the second segment. Now, when we talk about this, this you know, when we talk about the topic that we're talking about today, a new paradigm of success. What would be some of the the suggestions or steps that you would recommend to the listeners and those listening later how they can go about unlocking their new paradigm for success, what would that be? Is there some kind of process that you feel works best over others?
2: I'm a very process-oriented person because it it increases the odds of success or an achievement or whatever you're looking for. However, in this category, I'm going to break it a, a little bit in terms of direction. I think the first part of understanding how you can paradigm shift is to look at several of the belief structures that we have in place. And I'll give you an example of one of them very quickly. You've probably heard the statement, think outside the box. Now, I'd like you to just think about that for a minute, Chris. can you think about things you've never thought about before. No. I don't don't know. (laughs) You, you, You can't. You can't do that. And that's, so what I, at one point I said, why are people saying think outside the box? What they're really saying is to ask new questions, then go research them and find them. Yes. But often that is too late. So if we're in a meeting and everybody says think outside the box, it's too late because you now have to go out to find information. So what I say is you really want to be thinking inside the box. And what does that mean? It means during your life, you create experiences and opportunities and you learn. So the minute you're sitting in a meeting or in an environment or a condition, you could say to you, someone says, well, how do you solve that? And you say, oh, I've worked in Estonia, a Latvia, Lithuania. I've worked in uh, Sri Lanka, Cambodia, Malaysia. I've seen how it's done a different way. And you can bring this, new, this knowledge you have. So... There is no outside the box. We don't know what is outside. It's only inside. So people who have a lot of experiences can often draw from the experience if they're formulated properly, and then they can reuse them to be able to identify opportunities. So that's just a simple example. And I'll give you another one that I shared just two days ago with somebody. They asked me a question about learning. And I said, I don't know why people take vacations two, three weeks at a time, whatever it may be in holiday out of Europe. And I say, I take vacations one day at a time. And I shared this example. I said, I've been working in over 50 countries. So I always, always, if it was a weekend that I'd have to work on a Monday, I'd show up a day or two earlier. And I often would stay a day later. And I would hire a private tour. Why a private tour? Because you pay more. And if you don't go on it, you lose the money. Otherwise, people sit in a coffee shop or in their room with their laptop. So I would get this tour and I'd stay a day later. People say, yeah, but what about your family? And I'd say, okay, so let me play two scenarios. You just did three days flying to Slovakia or Macedonia or whatever, or Botswana, Zambia. You come back, you're exhausted. You were in meetings for three days. Your kids, your wife, your spouse, whatever says, "How are you?" I'm just exhausted. It was it was just just a lot of work. Or you show up one day later, and then they say, "How was your trip?" Oh, it was amazing. See, afterwards, while I was in uh, St. Petersburg, I was standing next to this uh, group, and everybody's looking at this one guy, and I I decide to walk over and say hi to him, and we start talking. He and his partner, and I say, "One of you, one of you, you got to be famous." And the guy says, no, no, I'm not famous. He is. And I said, you are? And we start talking and he's a hockey player. And that night I'm in a bar with a whole bunch of Russians and they're screaming at the game and the guy takes off his helmet. And I say, oh, I know that guy. You don't know that guy. I said, no, no, I know him. He says, number one, most famous hockey player in all of Russia. And I said, no, I know him. And I take out my camera, which I never take selfies. And the whole crowd went crazy. Well, that's an experience, and yeah. when you can enrich your life with experience, but it was—I was willing to walk up where no one else would. I was willing to have a conversation. It was a great conversation, but I can tell you how I've done that in Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, and Poland, and Germany, and and Sweden, and and uh, I mean, go down the list, and that adds richness. So when someone says, "How do you do something?" you could say. Will the Chinese do it this way? The Japanese do it this way. The Singaporeans do it this way. In nanotechnology, we do it this way. In aerospace, we do it this way. And now you have opportunities to be able to redefine everything. So I take holidays one day at a time. And that's a. what do you mean? It's not complicated. And I would always say, I never know if I'll be able to go back there again. It could be conflict, war, illness, whatever. Well, I don't know if I'll ever be able to go back to uh, Moscow and St. Petersburg or Russia. I don't know if I'll ever be able to go back to some of the countries that I've worked in, Bangladesh or Sri Lanka or whatever. I don't know. And so therefore, because the world has changed, I don't sit here saying I wish. I already done it. You say so you do. <laughs>
1: yeah. And like you said, you had skin in the game. You You booked a tour that cost a certain amount of money. So knowing that, hey, if you didn't go, well, you just lost out on a certain amount of money. And a lot of people don't wanna lose money. So you're well, you're e- gonna go and, regardless.
2: And then, on that sense, you t- <clears throat> there is a financial side, but the other side for me is I really am not a person who remembers history. I don't remember sites as well. Some people can like, they can remember, a, oh, I saw this year and this was the date that this happened. I love a private tour because I get to meet that person. For hours, and so in Poland, in four five days, I had five different tours. I had a morning tour and an afternoon tour by two different people, and then I had another one another day. So I had I had unbelievable experiences, and I could fill two hours of just what happened. I don't remember where I went, and by and large, I don't remember a lot of those. But that, when you're sitting down to paradigm shift, gives you a different sense of. The world. I mean, I lived in Asia for a decade. I miss it completely. But I don't, most people, when COVID came about, people would say, oh, we're wearing a mask. Why are you wearing a mask, at least in the West? Yeah, but in Asia, you wear a mask to protect others. You don't wear a mask to protect yourself. And that's a whole different paradigm. Yeah. Well, it's so a whole I, different. Yeah. It's a whole different. Yeah, absolutely. And so when we had to wear masks, I did a short video and I said, look, one day in 2011, 2012 or something, I was walking down a hallway with a CEO and I coughed and he said, you have a cold? I said, maybe a little bit coming on. He says, you want to wear a mask? 2012. And I said, sure. So a whole day I wore a mask and I wore a mask to protect everybody else. Yeah. Now that's a paradigm shift, right? Yeah. And so- When you have, you think inside the box, when you have experiences that you add to your box, you now have the ability to connect to people faster. You have the ability to redefine how you live. Uh, Here's another one very quickly. Maslow's hierarchy of needs used all the time. However, it doesn't work. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs says that you become self-actualized as you cover your basic needs, as you move up. The guy who wrote that paper, an individual, Maslow wrote a paper. An American found the paper, made a pyramid, and he was making a lot of money. So Maslow spoke. Before he died, he wrote another paper kind of saying it wasn't really true. And if you think about it, do you know people who don't have money who are really self-actualized? Do you need money, a big house and and an education, everything to be a person, a whole person? I mean I would you agree with that Chris would you yeah, agree no, that you don't have to yeah. be economically advantaged to be a self actualized person Well how many models of development and companies how many philosophies of leadership how many design constructs were built around that someone has to be whole before they can be self actualized I've met amazing people in in Greece and in Spain and in Italy and in Colombia didn't have anything but uh uh, whatever they can and i loved meeting them because they had so much wealth of information yeah no
1: that's powerful i i like that i like what you shared about because that you know but you hear that term think outside the box and then you think about it like how could i think about something outside the box yeah i want to i want to think of new ideas or new ways of maybe possibly doing something but I gotta I gotta draw from up uh, I gotta draw from something
2: to do that. Right. At least something. <laughs> so analogy would be a plumber shows up at someone's home. Do they show up with the tool that only the tools they need? No, what do they show up with?
1: They're gonna show up, but they're gonna have a, they're gonna have probably, you know, in their van or whatever their truck, they're gonna have something, at least some you know, some a tool or something for a lot of the basic things that that you would have in any given home.
2: And they'll have 500 other different bolts, parts, tools. Yeah. Just So when they get there, because someone will describe the challenge that they had to face and they say, oh no, 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 no. It's not the valve. It is the intakes over here. And they say, I'm thinking inside the box. What do I have in my box that I can go get? that I can jury rig, or I can make, or I can fix. They didn't say, huh, huh, what do I think about to do something that no one has ever done before? They don't do that. Yeah. Then they go out to there and they say, I got it. I brought, I have the tool and they fix it. So we fill our brain, we fill our lives with experiences and knowledge and information. So at the time and the moment intersects, we have the ability, to be able to redefine tomorrow because we've solved or addressed or completed. And I'm not just talking business tools. I'm talking psychology, sociology. We're talking uh, political discourse. We're talking sales. We're talking marketing. We're talking engineering. We're talking design. Every part of our lives, the more we enrich it, the more it's enriched because there's an interconnectedness of everything. Yeah,
1: so powerful, powerful. So true. I love that. I I love that. And what would you say, you know, David, like I mean, you now you you've you've given a new really new kind of like like look at you know, how we should be thinking inside the box and asking questions, what can we do better? What can what could be maybe perhaps something could be done differently? That type of thing. That's what's going to maybe lead to maybe then maybe, you know, something come on and out of the box, but but it, but it doesn't start outside the box. So to
2: speak. never, never does. And yeah. the, I'll, I'll, I'll end it with this: I was speaking to a uh, one of my friends in Hong Kong. He's responsible for all innovation for KPMG. And I told him what was going on. I, I want to test it. You have to test the theory. And he said, "You completely, you're absolutely correct. I think inside the box. That's how it's done." And he head of innovation. I was in Silicon Valley with another individual, has four Lear jets, very successful. And he said, I don't believe this. I don't like it. He goes to the bathroom, takes him 20 minutes. He comes back. He knows everybody in the Valley and he comes back and he says, that's exactly what I do. I think inside the box. And this guy loves music and poetry and he writes books and he travels and yeah, that's how it's done. So your question was about how do you paradigm? And I'm hoping that the understanding is that it's not that you paradigm shift it's that the shifts occur and create shifts which are an an uh an exponential opportunity for more shifts because the more skills that you have or more experiences you have the more opportunities you have at an exponential rate therefore your life in the end paradigm shifting is enrichment it's enrichment
1: from those experiences, yeah.
2: Right, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, oh, I've taken holiday one day at a time all over the world, and people are surprised at that. They're like, why, why, why did you do that? And I was paying for it so often. Well,
1: and you, you, and yeah. you probably got more out of the experience in one day than somebody would have
2: on a two week vacation. <laughs> oh, oh no, oh, oh, definitely, oh, definitely. I've, I, uh, it. Because it was not about thinking outside the box, it was about living life, because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. And if you just saw what happened in, let's use an example in San Diego, they just had four inches of rain, about um, uh, 10 cm of what rain hit, and cars were wiped down the road, or we're having... 40-foot um, waves, so 20, 12-meter high waves hitting Los Angeles. But we're also seeing the challenges across the ecosystem, whether it be in uh, the nickel challenges that are being mining extraction in Indonesia, or it is the this year we had all around Thailand, they had plankton in it. four to ten times the amount of volume so all the fish were dying because they couldn't breathe we have to come up with new solutions to the challenges we've created over these decades of uh, of living our existence and reductionism doesn't work society doesn't want reductionism so we have to be able to think faster more efficiently and much more creatively to give us the rich lives that we all aspire for
1: yeah yeah makes sense makes sense well, I know we have, uh, we have about, you know, about two minutes left in to the next break. Anything else that you would like to add, you know, to kind of really sum up what you talked about here with, you know, like, uh, you know, in this case, how we could look at paradigm shifts in terms of those experiences to uh, grow, expand, adapt, whatever
2: that may be. I'll turn it back to the question in front of me meeting individuals around the world where they are is probably one of the most powerful opportunities that people have and you'll often hear people say to me at least well i don't have a network i i just reach out to people and i think i shared with you i don't uh the marshall bryan thing that i just had with the guy who invented this uh, how things work he wrote back such an eloquent really dynamic set of uh, comments on our conversation, and I just loved hearing how we thought. And so, if you can understand that a lot of individuals around the world can give value, you just have to learn how to see it and be willing to be open to it. And ah, yeah. uh, geez, there's there's so many amazing people and things in this world that it's absolutely incredible. We're so focused on creating the next opportunity, earning the next dollar, yeah. trying to build and. I'm not going to be an old person trying to say, you know yeah. act like an old person. It ends. No, it's that there's opportunities for, for redefining who you are every day. Yeah. I love
1: it. Well, I know you got more to share here in the third segment. We got to go to break. But again, we highly encourage that everybody take, I hope you're taking notes. This is some valuable information. A lot of great nuggets, golden nuggets that David is sharing. Again, we highly encourage you to share this show uh, with others to listen in its entirety here later on the on-demand version here at the Voice America Business Channel. We'll be right back after the break.
0: voice america at facebook.com forward slash voice america for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts what is balance it's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects surrounding yourself with family and loved ones nurturing your spirituality maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness and being present in the moment When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success.
1: Well, welcome back. We, If you're just joining us here again, we're talking about unlocking a new paradigm of success. Uh, a great, great uh, story in terms of a, a paradigm shift that David personally had with one of his projects, uh, Project Moon Hut. Again, that was in the first segment. And then talking about you know how we can really utilize a paradigm shift for new ways to move forward through experiences. It's thinking inside the box, not outside, as we've been all led to believe or think to be in that case. In this case, it's just again, how do we experience new things that we can try different things with what we know in the box? So, you know, David, you had you have you had you had a book that you you know came out with a little while ago. You know, paid to think. And then you were talking about Project uh, Moon Hut earlier. Here, I'd like to kind of like take those two, you know, those those uh, how can I say it? Like projects, because you had the book, and there's so many things that you you when you wrote that book, pr- paid to think it was a way for you to take all of this this process and the, everything out of your head to put it on into print, not only for yourself but obviously to share with the world and how it can impact. So many people, not only in business, but also in our lives, you know, more importantly that, and can you talk about just again, how those two, when you, when you think about how those two, you know, how they've evolved, how they complement each other and what you can share from that, that can enlighten us all. If we are perhaps doing something, it's similar, but just, you know, maybe a different initiatives.
2: I, I, I love the word compliment because that changed the entire question. It was a very interesting dynamic as you're going one way. Then you switched and I said, okay. <laughs> let's so uh first paid to think was a book that was written because I needed to get the information out of my head. I just had so much I felt that if I didn't get it out, I would explode. I needed more space. It actually took 12 years to write 14 complete revisions over 52 50 countries mentioned in the book over 400 examples uh these are i was there for 72 percent of the examples we don't say it but i was there and i had firsthand knowledge so the book was written for me and our team and the work and i would share it with individuals all the time and they'd say oh i can't wait for the book like i'm just writing it for me and my wife wanted to kill me along the way too that was another part because she helped in the last three years of editing but the book was also an exercise that helped me to understand that processes and design and, and new product and service development and strategy, how there are so many better ways to approach those conditions. So as I uh, the one of the biggest challenges we have as we start all meetings, I say, with strategy, and you should actually start it with the desired outcome. So how do we merge these two? Well, if you create or have a fabulous tool, you would use it all the time. If it's not a fabulous tool, you don't use it all the time. So I'm going to give you an understanding of that, then I'll tie back. I'm at a major university in Asia, and I was brought in because of design thinking. I draw, paint, sculpt, do all my own carpet, plumbing, electrical work. I like my looking with my hands. And this guy brought me in because he had seen how I design think. I draw and I write. And he wanted me to become a part of the department. So I sometimes bring uh, an A3 piece of paper with markers when I'm working so that I can kind of, we have a we have a whiteboard in front of us or a, a tool. And we spoke for three hours. The paper was full. The markers were all over. And when they were done, they said, they, this will be great, the program we're going to put together. And I said, I can't do a program with you. And the whole place just kind of went, uh-uh. We were sitting at a round table and I said, I sat with your three best design thinkers for three hours and you're the Dean and not a single one of them wrote a note or put anything down on paper. And the paper was right in front of them. How can I work in a design thinking school that doesn't design think now that that takes a lot of, uh, gall to be able to say that, but you can understand the dynamic. If you say to use a tool or build tools and you don't use them, it means they don't work. So, in Project Moon Hut, we are very quickly, we're establishing a box of the roof and a door on the moon to the accelerated development of an earth and space-based ecosystem. Then we're taking the innovations and the paradigm shifting thinking from the endeavor and turning it back on Earth to improve how we live on Earth for all species. Very quickly, we have designed a four phase development of the moon, eight people, 90, 1,644, over a 40 year plan. It's about a one, po- the total project with all of every working is about $1.6 trillion. We're very quiet, more or less, but you can go to projectmoonhut.org. It's a nonprofit, 501c3, in a, at least in the American side. Uh, and you can see there are three videos at the bottom. Take a look at the first two, and you'll get a construct. The second is we are building a platform to be able to innovate the world over faster so we need to accelerate innovation the world over we cannot be reductionist the third is we need to take innovations and use them more ubiquitously like i talked about the cell phone and cat scans and and even um enriched baby food all of these things came from beyond earth we also need to use leverage immersive technologies ar vr digital twin haptics 3d40 gaming however people get lost when they think of immersive technologies and i would argue here's a paradigm shift is a book and a is a book an immersive technology. Do you get immersed in a book?
1: Oh, I guess how you, you term it, I could get, I could really, if I, if I'm really into the subject matter, I can definitely be one of those people that could read a book from front to end. I mean, depending upon how long it is, if it's like a 300 page book, maybe not.
2: But, but you yeah. still get immersed in it. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. Do you do, do you, do people get immersed in toys, children? Sure. Okay, do they get immersed in music or going to a movie? Yes. So immersive technologies, by using the word that we now use, I've just redefined it for you. Immersive can be anything. So now we have more tools at our disposal. But we're also looking at, create, we're, we're working on a DAO, we're, uh, I, we're working on, a. we have a new logistics transport system. We have all of these activities, but yet inside of them, we're using exactly the same tools in our tool paquette that come from the book or from experiences we have. And just today, Pierce, who's on our team, he was asking a question about how to get people in alignment. And there's a chapter on selling continuously. I said, you should read the book. I'm gonna send you the documents. I explained it to him. And he said, why didn't anybody ever ta- teach me this? I said, well, it's not complicated. You have a person who's a, that you have a relationship or you're aligned with. If you have someone with alignment in, in ideas, if you have six people you have to go talk to and you score them all, you will always start with the person you have the better relationship with if you don't have, versus alignment. The reason is they will treat you nicer. they will talk to you better and you experiment with them. he said, why didn't I know that? Well, it's not complicated. So Project Moon Hut is an initiative it's it's not a love a labor of love. it is that we are facing six mega challenges in this future climate change, mass extinction, ecosystems, collapses, displacement, social, political, economic, religious, technological, unrest. We're all seeing it's happening around the world faster and faster. And explosive impact, such things as deforestation of the ocean, uh, deforestation of rainforest, uh, destroying of the ocean ecosystems. And we're using those tools across all of them because if you have a great tool, you use it. So on the paradigm shifting side is I would ask people, what are your best tools and are you using them all the time? Here's a simple one. People always say, well, here's the idea that I have. And they go, they talk it through. And I, and I say, well, what, do, what are we supposed to do? And they say, well, that's the plan. So it's not a plan. That's an idea. See, a plan is a plan. Like when you have a map to go someplace, you have a plan. You know, the old days we had maps. Majority of people who say they have a plan don't. They have ideas, and so we need new skills out there to be able to achieve the desired outcomes we're actually looking for, which could be a richer life or better experiences. Or to uh, you know, wealth is one thing to a certain degree. Uh, I, I'm not against wealth. I just feel that you know when your house gets wiped away because it, you're in Hawaii or you're in Canada and there's a forest fire or you're in uh, Pakistan and one-third of the country is underwater, or you're in uh, India and you've got 50 or 60 degrees C for six weeks on end, well, those things kind of take secondary place. I don't know if that made sense. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when when you heard about Project Hut because you asked me to be on the program, what stood out for you? What stood out with Paid to Think that stood out for you?
1: I mean, w- with me, it's always going to be – the, you know, not only the mission, you know, cause that's what, that's your mission and how, what's, what challenge is it going to help make better, whatever, again, who the audience is and, and then what are the results that, you know, that could be, that can be, you know, that can come from that. And, you know, so I'm always interested in, you know, in different projects and things that, that are around that, and then the pro and, and then the processes or methodologies to go how to go how to go about doing it. That's what really intrigues me.
2: So what's the from from the time that we spent, we probably spent because we did another podcast. This is our yeah. second, and we spent time before. So maybe it's three, four hours. What what was the one thing that stuck with you?
1: I mean, well, I mean, I, I can speak from you know the last one because we did that a little over a month ago or a couple almost a couple months ago, but for the one that stood out for me today. Was I love the fact? I mean, not only the the great things that you're doing with Project Moon Hut. I mean, those are, in itself are fantastic. But the that whole concept of thinking in the box yeah, versus yeah. outside the box, because it's just so everybody just thinks, oh, think outside the box. I mean, that mean that you're innovative if you think no. Some of the best people learn and adapt and make changes based upon those experiences. But it's just for some reason, it's not. Emphasized or people misperceive what they're hearing as that it, it's the other way around for
2: whatever reason, and and that is treatment. it's simple. There is no box. <laughs> yeah, that's there it. is. A, I, I very quickly, I'll give you an example. A greeting cards company had uh, two weeks before at an event, they'd tell yeah. their team to go out and find something for in ideas, and then they'd all run out and come back, and they have to come up with greeting cards for an event in two weeks, and it was always lackluster. Because the leadership said, think outside the box by going out and learning what he yeah. should have been doing, or she should have been doing, I don't know who was the leadership involved, should have been saying, over the course of the next four months, yeah. let's all go to greeting card shops. Let's all go out together. Yeah. Let's build upon it. Let's draft some designs. Let's put them together. Let's connect with one each other. Yeah. And then we end up with better designs and an overall higher desi- uh, output when we're done. Absolutely. Back.
1: Well, I know we're we're towards, we're towards getting now towards the end of the show, and I want to make sure we have enough time so that the audience that you have graciously provided so much value and taking your time to be here to do this, we first want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being here, taking time to share with us. How can people get in touch with you? What are you up to in these projects briefly? And anything that you would like to provide the audience, if you could do that in
2: a minute and a half. Very quickly. So it's David. At davidgoldsmith.com is the easiest way to get hold of me. There is the Age of Infinite podcast and Redefining Tomorrow podcast. Both of them are on projectmoonhut.org. Projectmoonhut.org. I'll also give you, Chris, two chap, two and a half chapters of Paid to Think that paid PDF. You can share with anybody. That's okay. We're really trying to help the world become a different place. Uh, what am I up to? All uh, everything. Uh we are. We look for three things in our organization, talent, network, and capital. Talent first, then networks come, and then capital comes. So anybody who's interested in looking at tomorrow in a completely different way and does see that the challenges we're facing are not being solved in the way they should, then they could call us. So very quickly, take your age, add 40 years to it. You have that date? I want you to think about what the world will be like. Now take your children or your family, if you have them, and add 40 years to their age. If you haven't realized it, your children typically are equal or older than you, so they might have children. They could have children. So depending on your age, I could have four generations on this planet. Some people have three, some people have two. We are working on the next 40 years. If you can bring talent to what we're working on, Reach out, David at davidgoldsmith.com. Go watch the two videos on projectmoonhut.org halfway through on the fr- uh, homepage. And we'd love to hear from you and LinkedIn, yeah. David at David, David Goldsmith. It's David Allen Goldsmith on there, but you can find me that way. Great.
1: Well, David, thank you again from me personally and from Voice America Business Channel for being here on Sustainable Success. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: And listeners, we want to thank you each and every week joining us here at Sustainable Success. Again, the show would not be where it is today uh, because of you. We are here committed to your success to raise your level of personal success and in your business to the next level. And we were committed to bringing subject matter experts like David in each and every week to help you do that. Till then, everybody, have a great rest of your week and we'll see you here next Thursday at 3 p.m. East Coast time. Have a great evening.
0: For tuning into Sustainable Success, be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an incredible week.